In today's episode, we are tackling sensitive content, so be mindful of who's around when you're playing this podcast. We're going to be addressing the issue of pornography. Why is it a problem? And what to do if that enters into your marriage, um, into your home, and really ways to fortify your families against this. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome back, friends. We are back in the studio. Yay! Yay! We're so excited. It has been a minute. Last week we were over Zoom, um, but it's good to be back in the routine Mm -hmm. of recording here in our wonderful abode. Um, We are so grateful for all of the comments and emails that we've gotten, especially in our Facebook group. But if you will do us a favor, and if you're listening on iTunes especially, if you will leave a rating, five stars if you please, Um, (laughs) if not, like... It's okay, you can take it to prayer. Um, But if you'd leave us a rating, that really helps us just to, as we assess, like, do we continue? How do we continue with Mm -hmm. this particular ministry? We have a lot of fun, but we want to make sure that we're um, ministering to the needs of the people in our diocese and beyond. Beyond, So, yeah. So today's episode, as we uh, mentioned in the intro, some sensitive content. Um, Disclaimer. Um, we are tackling a really big topic, um, yeah. the issue of pornography. And uh, Mickey and I, before we started recording, we were even like, okay, come Holy Spirit, because yeah. we have about 30 to 40 minutes to record this, um, but we want to begin the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here a little uncomfortable. And I both I know both of us have said, okay, we're about to tackle this thing. And Um, well, not tackle it in its entirety, Mm -hmm. but to just put it out in the open. And there's some discomfort that comes with it because Mm -hmm. it's sensitive. I don't think um, in like mom's groups, we like talk about this a lot. I know there's a lot of resources out there Mm -hmm. that you can go and and look at if you need help or if this happens to find its way into your home. But as far as open conversations. Yeah, um, and I think it tends to be... um, kind of framed as like, oh, well, that's a man's problem. Um, So like every men's conference that you go to, there's usually a session on Mm -hmm. dealing with pornography addiction. But we know that this is something that affects men and women. While it might be different, it may may look different. Um, It is, it's an epidemic. Um, It's a poison that's affecting marriages. It's affecting um, people's ability to have healthy relationships. So I think our goal for today is really to tackle you know, why is pornography bad? I'm pretty sure our audience would agree <laughs> that it is an issue um, and that it's not good for our bodies or our souls. Um, but also kind of diving into well, what do you do if a spouse, um, if you discover that your spouse is addicted to pornography mm-hmm. or a child has been exposed to it? And just what are some basic things that we can do to protect our home? Yeah. Because the question is Unfortunately, it's not so much like what if pornography finds its way into our home. It, today, it really feels like, well, when it finds its way into our home, how mm-hmm. do we respond and how do we um, how do we protect our children um, to be able to have uh, really healthy conversations? Um, so with that, yeah. 
Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, and I think just understanding how pervasive the problem is and what we want to do is make sure that if we have to act in a reactionary way that we do that properly, but mm-hmm. also like how can we be proactive? Yeah. Um, because statistics, the statistics are mind-blowing to yeah. me. Yeah. And one of the things I was reading was that studies show that most young people are exposed to porn by like 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we even said we've seen statistics that even have that. Yeah, I at think a I've lower seen age. like at seven or eight yeah. seems to be. And it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, with that, with children's access to Internet mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and maybe parents not realizing all the danger that lurks there, mm-hmm. lurks um, out there. Um, but even in the statistics, it said um, in U.S. teens, 84 percent of 14 to 18 year old males and 57 percent of 14 to 18 year old females have viewed pornography. Mm. I mean, these mm. are teenagers. Mm. These are teenagers. Right. And I can't even imagine like I was saying before we started, this was never something that I like struggled with. So mm-hmm. even to think like as a teenager mm-hmm. being exposed to pornography i mean we call it adult entertainment Mm -hmm. but our young our children are being exposed and learning how to navigate that like what do we do with that because it's pervasive and it's corrosive right yeah exactly exactly and there's a there's almost like this no it is a predatory um behavior i think behind the porn industry i mean it's a 16.9 billion dollar industry in the united states alone and i mean to frame that for you, that's like, I feel like I, I saw something that said that is like combining all of the major TV networks and the sports um, leagues together and you still wouldn't reach that much money. Um, it's wow. and, you've, and you've heard people say things like, well, the Vatican should sell all of its funds in order to, to feed the poor or whatever. It's a $16.9 billion industry, imagine what if what if that industry didn't exist you know where could those funds go but anyway um looking at okay so 40 million u.s adults regularly visit internet pornography sites um 10 percent of u.s adults admit to having an addiction to internet pornography those are only the ones that admit to having um an addiction excuse me um and then this was Surprise! Twenty percent of men and thirteen percent of women admit to accessing porn while at work. Wow! Um, one in three visitors of all adult adult websites is a woman. Um, like the list just goes on and on. And what has been really interesting, and even just preparing for this episode, seeing that this is not just the church that's speaking out on yeah. the problem of pornography, like secular organizations like fight the new drug highly highly recommend that people go visit i think it's fightthenewdrug.org and we'll put that in the show notes their research the science um how they're trying to affect legislation to Mm -hmm. um, prevent this from um, being accessible by our children um just the highly addictive nature of pornography and like i was saying before like the predatory nature of it there's a reason why they target our children Mm -hmm. because if they can get children hooked from a young age then they just need more and more because of the way that the brain works the brain um, just needs more and more to get that dopamine fix um 
And maybe it's helpful to, I mean, to to touch on church teaching briefly. Again, I think our audience would agree that pornography is a problem. And um, it's interesting that some of the last episodes that we recorded were focusing on, you know, the nature of marriage and mm-hmm. the, the life-giving and love-giving, unitive and procreative, and you're separating those things. But I think pornography is... Spe- particularly poisonous um, because it creates objects out of people. And I think it was St. John Paul II that said, the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much of a person, but that it shows too little. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because all you see in pornography is the body. Mm -hmm. And we are composite of body and soul. Mm -hmm. And and then we just become desensitized that the person goes beyond just what you see materially. Exactly. Um, you know, and just talking about church teaching, just in the catechism, if you want to read up on it a little bit more, um, this, there's a section in paragraph 2354, and this is what it says about pornography. It says that pornography consists in removing real or simulated sexual acts from the intimacy of the partners in order to display them deliberately to third parties. It offends against chastity because it perverts the conjugal act the intimate giving of spouses to each other. It does grave injury to the dignity of its participants, the actors, the vendors, the public, since each one becomes an object of base pleasure and illicit profit for others. It immerses all who are involved in the illusion of a fantasy world. It is a grave offense. Mm. Civil authorities should prevent the production and distribution of pornographic materials. So that's paragraph 2354. You know, and just to like, just to sort of frame, like, I think sometimes we can just think of pornography as like visual images mm-hmm. or, you know, movies, but it can also be in written form. It can be in audio form, certain romance novels, erotic literature, phone conversations, social media, mm-hmm. um, online video chats. You know, like, I know sexting is a big thing with, um, are young people. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, and I, I hate when people are like, oh, well, it's just soft soft or hardcore porn, like mm. making this distinction, like Mm-mm. porn is porn and it is bad right. and it is not. Poison is okay. poison. Yeah. yeah, and I was reading something like, the level is just of what has become acceptable in mainstream, mm-hmm. what has become acceptable to include in things that our children have exposure to. Yes. Um, music. Yep. Things in movies. Yep. Um, it's just um, crazy yeah. to me. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And we see, like, I'm really glad that you broke down, um, like, what the catechism says and, um, like, how we define pornography. Because I think, if you remember, like, what was it, like, 2011, 2012, when Fifty Shades of Grey was becoming mm. a movie there was all this stuff about how like, oh, this is so empowering for women and um, it's mommy porn and just really dumb things like that. And it's, I mean, it's, it's pornography, like stories like that are, I mean, like as you defined it, it's, it's taking the, the sexual act away from where it's, where it's supposed to be between, between spouses. Um, so I think it's really important for women in particular to, to realize that it is more than just a video. It's, um, it can come in different forms and that we're called to guard our hearts too. And I think this is also where chastity, the virtue of chastity is so much more than just, um, don't have sex until you're married. Um, and, 
it's about guarding your it's about guarding your heart, guarding the heart of your beloved, but also loving people rightly. And if chastity is taught as well, it's just you know, especially really crass, like keep it in your pants until you're you're married. That's not enough. That's mm-hmm. not chastity. No, it's um, it's loving people rightly. And if we, I, I just think that stuff like this is something that we need to keep in mind as we're teaching our children and young adults about what it means to be chaste, because that goes into married life as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I've met too many women and men who discover that you know, a spouse is addicted to pornography and it's like, well, I didn't think this was going to be an issue or there was an assumption that, oh, well, when I get married, mm. it'll be it'll fine because right. now we can have sex Mm-mm. Yeah. because it's it's all about like training the mind and the heart to right. love rightly. And yeah. if we're accustomed to like this practice of using the other um, or treating another as an object, that's going to spill over into married life mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And understanding too that and there's so many articles and stuff out there that um, that people have done on how pornography affects the brain. Mm-hmm. And so realizing that even if we have been exposed or occasionally view it or frequently view it, mm-hmm. um, that it actually changes the makeup of the right. brain. It starts to rewire your brain. And so even if you're like, oh, once I get married, then I can ditch the porn, it's not. That's like saying, um, you know, I'm just gonna ditch this other like chemical substance. Yeah. Um, when I'm in a different place. And right. that doesn't work because right. we're talking about how it has affected the makeup of the brain. Right. And to think that we can just kick it on our own um, when that chemical change has happened, when that rewiring has already happened, it can mm-hmm. be really challenging mm-hmm. um, if you're like, wait. And I think sometimes people don't understand like, well, I'm trying to quit. Why is it so hard yeah. to quit? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I found fascinating, um, because again, we are not... neurosurgeons, right? Right. We're not brain people um, and how that all works. But something that I found interesting, and it's from Fight the New Drug, as it was saying, um, interestingly, after repeated exposure to the same reward, so in this case, pornography, dopamine cells tend to fire more strongly in anticipation of consuming rather than in conjunction with actual consuming. Although internet's porn endless novelty means that using and and anticipation are interwoven, um, that the addiction develops cues and triggers Mm. that can sort of um, trigger this chemical thing, like a a bodily Mm. response, things like hearing a porn star's name when you have time Mm. alone, or if you've gone to view pornography when you're bored, then when you reach that boredom that can be a trigger for this sort of it's time right right oh, and man. so um so you can have withdrawal symptoms right mm. if you try to quit and not understanding like why yeah. am i why do i have the shakes yeah. right understanding that there's a brain connection there that your that your brain is like i need this yeah. this dump of oh this pleasure seeking yeah yeah and i wish and i'm grateful that there are websites like fight the new drug and just people who are really trying to make the problem of pornography well-known like this is not just a religious argument this is on being a healthy human person Mm -hmm. able to function in the world um because man it's it is detrimental to just our ability to to function well and i do feel like i don't know maybe holy spirit moment like i do feel the need to say like some people i know were exposed to pornography not because 
they were looking for it, but because of like an abusive situation or um, a family member showed it to them or like it wasn't their fault. Or, and I've just, I've heard, I, just, I hear all these stories and if that is your story, like know that it is not your fault. It is, if no one has ever said that to you, know that it's not your fault um, that 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 this happened um, and that there is help. Mm-hmm. And I think about like, and we were talking about like maybe your husband, Matt, coming on the show at some mm-hmm. point, but knowing that there are resources like what Matt Siba does um, and Steve Picorni, um, a good friend of mine, um, that just have these ministries or um, counseling to help people heal from this because the addiction is real. It's not just like, oh, I'm a bad person and I just can't like, it's not like stopping chewing bubble gum or something. (laughs) Like this is a lot more serious than that. And if, yeah, I just, I feel like I needed to say that. Um, So I guess like kind of moving forward in the conversation, sorry if I'm jumping ahead. No, you're great, it's fine. we also know that there are a lot of situations and we're always going to come at this um, from the perspective as, as wives and moms, but there are women who discover that their husbands um, have a pornography addiction. They didn't know it before mm-hmm. they got married or they assumed like, oh, it must be Done. under control. So how how is a wife or, or a spouse, um, what is the best way to respond if you discover that your spouse is consuming pornography. First, I would say just recognizing that we are human and Mm. that if you are the spouse who has discovered um, that that your spouse has been viewing it, that to absolutely expect a wider range of emotions, Mm. right? And to just be okay sitting in the discomfort of those things, Mm -hmm. but also making a pledge to yourself that you're not going to act while all of those emotions are like, going crazy. Um, and I think that just comes with being aware. Um, I know that there are also some ministries out there, um, that talk about like the traumatic effect. Um, some people call it like betrayal, betrayal trauma, Mm -hmm. um, that, that there can be post-traumatic, like, um, things that that this other spouse, um, experiences when they discover that. So just knowing that if you have very strong feelings and emotions and you're having a hard time, that's, normal Mm -hmm. and to be expected but to also refrain from acting in those moments of like heightened emotional sensitivity and so i would say this first being aware that there's going to be this sort of Mm -hmm. wide range of emotions uh and try to do your best to not overreact and realizing i think too like mercy is really important but when you feel hurt by a spouse's what you consider betrayal, it is really easy to be like mm-hmm. angry, mm-hmm. right? Um, but to know that, uh, and I haven't read statistics on this, but I would venture to say most of our listeners, like their spouse is not like, I want to I want to damage my hurt spouse. Yeah. I want to hurt them. And so I'm going to do yeah. this thing. But knowing that it is, it is a struggle and it is a cross for a spouse, especially if they're addicted, mm. um, to come at it with mercy. Like I am, I am, sorry that this is a struggle of yours right and trying to be able to healthily detach mm-hmm. like that's not also your mm-hmm. sin mm-hmm. um but to help pray them through it yeah. if that makes sense yeah. um make sure they have the resources that they need but to mm-hmm. not take it on as like somehow i am responsible yeah um and that's hard yeah and that's why i do recommend seeking professional help yeah. just to process those 
emotions. Yeah. Um, Do you think that there needs to be like boundaries in the relationship? Like discovering that your your spouse is consuming pornography. Like I know that I guess I guess especially in marriage because we've committed to each other mm-hmm. and um till death do us part. Um, but also recognizing that pornography is harmful and it's detrimental to the marriage, but is it appropriate to kind of like pull, I mean, like from physical intimacy or I don't know if that's a weird question. Um, um, well, I know, I think that that's a complicated, I think we could probably do a whole episode yeah. on, on that sort of thing. But I think, um, to, to make sure that we're not using intimacy with our spouses, like a way to weaponize Mm. their behavior if that makes sense but I also know like to truly give of yourself there has to be that emotional and that trust and so I pray that anyone who's experiencing this can be at a place once emotions have sort of died down like I would definitely give yourself maybe 72 hours before and you can even tell your spouse I discovered this I just need a little bit of time to process Mm -hmm. um what I have just um, learned yeah, and then say, but we do need to talk about it this week. Um, and, um, pray before you enter into that conversation. Um, because in both, both people are hurt. Yeah. Right. Both people have wounds. And so I think recognizing that, because you can think that I'm the only one that's wounded if my, my spouse was the one who committed, um, you know, viewing the pornography, but both are hurt, um, in different ways and have things to process. So I think being honest, like I'm having a hard time entering into intimacy and Mm -hmm. here's why. Um, and maybe even say like, I don't really know what steps to take next. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I think to be able to engage in physical intimacy, there has to be like an emotional vulnerability there. Like, okay, this is something that I'm struggling with and being patient with the other. Like, I think to also expect the spouse, especially if there's an addiction there, to be able to just like quit cold turkey. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Um, And understanding that. But I would even say like boundaries around like behavior. So fight for your marriage. And there might need to be some extreme uh, measures that you take for your marriage. Mm-hmm. So if it's because there's access to the internet, get dumb phones mm-hmm. and then don't have internet at your house. Mm-hmm. Is that extreme? Yes. yes. Are you going to do that to save your marriage mm-hmm. and your spouse? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I mm-hmm. hope that we can all say yes. If that. I have to go to the library, yeah. um, tons of places have free Wi-Fi. Go to right. a coffee shop if you need to like pay bills right. online or whatever. Right. But I think it does come like, how much am I willing to fight for this to not be a part yeah, of my marriage yeah. and and knowing that okay and it doesn't have to be forever like we don't have to like say we're not gonna have internet forever but long enough because like when someone is off an addiction mm-hmm. um then their brain will now rewire mm-hmm. right on how to operate without those extra stimulants mm-hmm. but that does take time yes and so understanding yes. that um, but i do think some boundaries are really important to have yeah. like yeah okay, maybe um, if you have to use a, if we can't go without internet, have the computer in a public place mm-hmm. um, where people are walking by, you mm-hmm. know, so there's not like that secretive, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, and I'm really glad that you mentioned too about getting outside help um, because again, love the sacraments. Um, so grateful for the sacrament of confession, grateful for our priests, um, especially for married couples to not be afraid of going to your priest Mm -hmm. to discuss these things, but also counseling, 
Like there, it's very helpful, extremely helpful. Um, and to have a trusted resource and there are uh, super disclaimer here, but, um, making sure that you are going to a counselor who is going to respect your Catholic belief, your Catholic Christian beliefs. Cause I have heard of counselors who will recommend pornography to help women, uh, help women and men, um, in their marriages with sexual intimacy, which is insane. Mm -mm, Yeah. But it happens. So making sure that if you, when you are bringing someone into priest or um, a counselor that it is someone that you trust and is going to re- really respect the marriage covenant and like you were saying that your marriage is worth fighting for mm-hmm. um, Matt Frad has had some great wonderful resources books websites um, uh, videos all of that um, and we'll put some of those in the show notes but I know that one of those things that he really emphasizes is one if because I know for me working with engaged couples, if you're an engaged couple and one of you is struggling with pornography addiction, you really need to address that before entering into yep. the marriage covenant because marriage is not going to fix the mm-hmm. addiction. Um, and it needs to be, it needs to be disclosed to yeah. your spouse. Um, yeah. So that you can work together um, on healing that. Was there anything else I think on, on, addressing this with a spouse or how to respond? No, I don't think so. I think just like being patient and merciful. Yeah. Um, and, and making sure that you, you don't like accuse the other person like this is the problem. Right. Every problem that we have in right. our marriage is because of you and your addiction right. and knowing that those things aren't helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, be, and mostly they're not true. Yeah. Like, yes, if I make a sinful decision, that is my decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we're human, Right, we have um, bodies to think about, souls to think about, emotions to think about. Yeah. Um, to just try to be in a place of just yeah, acknowledge the hurt, mm-hmm. but yeah. seek resolution Shit. and healing yeah. and working together. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. All right, so kind of moving into um, our exposure to to children. So if um, if we discover that a child has been exposed to pornography. What are things that we can do to to help um, navigate that? And I know next we're going to talk about like how to kind of fortify your home mm-hmm. and and protect so that hopefully this doesn't happen. But if your child is exposed to it, it seems like there are healthy ways to respond and unhealthy ways <laughs> to respond because if we respond by like yelling or overreacting um, and you know, the mama bear and you just, I, I just imagine it hasn't been an issue in our home, but I just thinking of my child being exposed to something like that, like mama bears coming out, but it may not, if I'm, if you're not <laughs> careful, I could see how that could actually harm your child's ability to confide in you in the future. Yeah. So what are just some practical things that we can do to, yeah. when I would even, I would even say like, just knowing that, um, any talk about like sexuality and sexual mm-hmm. intimacy and those sorts of things, they all carry with it um, a gravity to them because yeah. God has specific plans for that. Yeah. And so understanding that if our children are exposed to these things, especially before they understand or have been exposed to God's plan, mm-hmm. that there may be a array of like emotions that they're experiencing. Like um, they may be really confused because they're like, oh, well, I'm intrigued by this or mm-hmm. I'm curious about this. Or some may say, like, I didn't like it at all. And some may be nervous. Some may be feel guilty or shame mm-hmm. because they were like, 
I found that interesting. Yeah. You know? And so understanding that that exposure to um, a child is traumatic, right? Mm -hmm. And because they have probably all these new things that they're like, I don't know what to make of this. So the best thing a parent can do is make sure that they are a safe space for their child. Um, Especially if they're older and and you've kind of had these conversations about, because I know for me as a mom, and mine are still young, but if I've had a conversation with them, like, be careful of this, be careful of this, you know, um, like, don't climb that tree, you might get hurt. Then if they aren't careful in the tree and they get hurt, if my first reaction is like, I'm mad because you disobeyed what I said, mm-hmm. then they may not come to me if they're hurt right. next time. Right. And we as parents need to be that space for our kids mm. where they can come to us yeah. when they're hurt. Because if they're not yeah. coming to us, they're gonna go to someone, someone else yeah. or something else yeah. to try to process their hurt. And right. so right. Um, so I think one of the most is like, just understand that this that experience for your child, they may not know how to process mm-hmm. it and they may not even know how to verbalize what they're experiencing. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can uh, just do your best to try to make them feel space make them feel like they are in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, don't condemn or shame because yeah. then if if we act that way or react that way, then talking to mom and dad about sex or pornography is going to be an area that they're like, nope, tried that once, didn't go well, and I'm never going to do yeah. it again. Yeah. Um, and so isolation, um, that, that isolates parents and child. And so you want to make sure that you have mm-hmm. this sort of open communication with your kids mm-hmm. about those sorts of things that makes sense that makes sense and there's a book called good pictures bad pictures and i can't remember the author's name i'm so sorry but we'll put it in the show notes um and what i appreciate about that book is just giving parents the language it's kind of moving into like mm-hmm. protecting our home yeah um but but yeah kind of equipping our really equipping our children with that ability to feel comfortable bringing stuff to us and that they know you know, if you ever see this, you're not going to get in trouble mm-hmm. for talking to us about this. Um, and again, like we said at the beginning of the episode, it's not so much if pornography is going to find your children, it's when yeah. um, and at what point and how how can they respond. Um, and there are some very practical things that I think that we can do. Um, Matt Frad, again, <laughs> um, had he's had several excellent talks and there's um, one in particular where he really goes at parents like if you gave your child a cell phone you have basically given them access to any anything Mm -hmm. good and bad Um, but that's basically just uh, an access to unlimited pornography Um, and you need to take that away like Mm -hmm. there's no reason why your 13 year old needs an iPhone yeah And yeah, (laughs) you just don't. And like right now, my kid, my oldest is six and a half. And I understand, I can understand more like you you need to get in touch with your kids, things like that. Dumb phones are, they make some really fancy dumb phones now, which is really great. (laughs) Um, But like not, not making the assumption that, oh, it's not going to be my kid or it's not our family because we're a good Catholic family. So why would my child ever? Right. Ever or do we've stuff. Talked about this. So yeah, they should know better. They should know. Yeah. We need to put 
everything we can in place to to make sure that our, our children are safe. So having those conversations, um, utilizing books like Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, um, looking at things like Covenant Eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband actually just had a conversation about this because we were rearranging our office area and um, my husband's desk is kind of like in a corner and, and he has this ginormous monitor and you can kind of hide behind <laughs> it. And we were like, actually, we need to open this up to the whole room mm-hmm. so that there's no there's no hiding or anything like that. So like you were saying earlier, you know, making sure that the computer is in a high traffic area. There's no reason why a computer should be in bedrooms um, at night um, or during the day isolated, things like that. Um, but using something like covenant eyes, we were talking about like, okay, it's probably, we're probably at that point where having something like covenant eyes in place, where not only is it providing that protection, but also just accountability, um, if needed to, um, to responsible, we'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. But what else you got? Sorry. I'm just kind yeah. of jumping. No, that's fine. And I'm going to sort of backtrack just, just one yeah. minute for, yeah. um, when our child comes to us, um, and I read this somewhere and I thought it was so good, but I know with me, when my children bring something to me that's scary or mm-hmm. that I don't know what to do, I tend to just like talk <laughs> <Yeah>. at them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to make sure that we, it, we don't want it to turn into an anti-porn lecture <laughs> mm, to our point. children mm. to just mm-hmm. start off by asking questions like, um, Oh, tell me about that. And it's yeah. okay to ask what they saw. Yeah. Uh, but definitely make sure you ask that, how did it make them feel? Mm-hmm. Um, and then just say, okay. You know, because what we want to make sure that we do is is let them sort of expose if they feel shame about it or yeah. fear. Because if they keep that inside, that's actually, <sighs> yeah. uh, my husband's a counselor and he said that is not good. Like yeah. they need to be able to express that and they to not cause more shame or more fear in this yeah. already kind of scary situation. Yeah. Um, and if you have an experience about like when you were first, like if it's only if it's appropriate, like if yeah. you were first exposed to pornography, maybe mm-hmm. sharing that, like, yeah, I actually know what you're feeling right now because mm-hmm. this happened to me when I was 13, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, but just making mm-hmm. sure that it's appropriate. And then at the end of the conversation, like asking, like, do you feel like I heard you? Yeah. Do you feel loved? Do you still feel loved by me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you feel like mm-hmm. you can come talk to me again? Yeah. You know, and just making sure that those are that the, your child feels safe doing yeah. that. Yeah, no, um, that's so helpful. So anyways, okay, sorry. No, no we'll sorry, forward, back I to where jumped we are. way ahead. Um, no, you're great, <laughs> it's great. Um, but yeah, I think too, um, making your children, especially if they're older, like understand like, okay, we're gonna make sort of this action plan. Like this mm-hmm. is not to be like, uh, if you're gonna end, um, put software like Covenant Eyes on the computer, um, don't be like secretive or like talk to your, especially if they're older, talk to your, um, son or daughter, like, okay, so here's what we're going to put on the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, all the activity will be emailed to like mom and dad. Uh, and so we want you to know what we're putting in place. It's yeah. not because we suspect you of like doing yeah, bad things, but yeah. we're trying to protect. protect. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so making sure that there's some sort of action plan, you yeah. know, um, if they have been exposed before, or if your spouse has been expo- exposed before, um, knowing like if they're being able to come to you and like, you know what, I'm actually feeling quite vulnerable today. Mm-hmm. Um, and say like, you know what, well, t- we're just going to spend the whole day out of the house yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. learning to hear the things yeah. that we can have in place mm-hmm. um, to protect mm-hmm. our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am... I don't know if people may say I have extreme views on like media, 
but maybe I do. Um, but I think one of the best ways to protect our kids is I don't see any reason why young young people should have unsupervised viewing of anything online, even yeah. if they're just in Gmail. Yeah. Like if you're like, oh, they're just checking their email. Like there are many adults <laughs> who don't know how to regulate their time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us to to put the world and all it's good and all it's bad into their hands. Into their hands. Yeah. Um, so I feel very strongly about... Same. Um, even my kid's a teenager, they only really need a phone yeah. to call me. Yeah. They don't need to have yeah. access to those, thing, to those things. Um, yeah. And just like, who are they talking to and who are they yep. texting? Yep. Um, but I am, I'm big on that. It's much easier to say, we're just not going to do this. You don't get this mm-hmm. than to give it to them and take it away. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and to remember again, that porn is looking for your child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's not if, or maybe it's, it's looking for your child and there are very targeted ways, even with YouTube. And they're, I mean, they're trying to get better <laughs> at protecting people, but I mean, I've heard so many stories of where a child went from watching one innocent video with cats to all of a sudden they're on some porn site yeah. and and that's where first exposure is is happening for a lot of people so realizing that like it is our job to protect our children it's mm-hmm. our job to it's our, not our job to be our kids best friends Mm-mm. you get to do that when you're a grown-up <laughs> <laughs> right i hope my kids want to be friends right? with me when they're grown up my, not my job um, to be to be your bestie so yeah. that sometimes we're gonna have to or sometimes we're gonna have to be the bad guy yeah. in the sense of like I'm not letting you have a a phone like your friends because I want to protect you. Um, And yeah, so I just, a lot of encouragement to parents there that if it's like, oh, I don't know, I want to make sure that they feel included. No, you want to save your child's soul. You want to protect them from um, harm in the future, from, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, being exposed to to something that's extremely detrimental. And I would Um, even say too, like, um, I mean, (laughs) our kids are exposed to far worse some in yeah. music yeah like the lyrics in music oh, I it, it it blows my mind oh, and so that's... I would highly encourage parents like what are you letting your kids listen to mm-hmm. um do you know what's on yeah. their Spotify or yeah. their playlist right the songs right. Um, because again pornography is not just things that we see yeah um, things that we hear um, things that we read, yeah. um, movies that we watch. And um, yeah, so like my husband and I, before our kids watch any movie, we go to like Kids in Mind, I think. And it has, it like breaks down violence and sexuality mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. And if we're like, uh, we don't watch it. Yeah. You know, there was one time we were watching an old, old like Western and one of the ladies had like her shoulder showing. <laughs> and my six-year-old son, he said, um, that's not very modest. And in that moment, my husband just kind of stood up. He's like, yeah, you're right. Well, let's turn that off. We This show is not that important. What happens in this movie, it's really not that mm-hmm. important. And so we did something else. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just found that amazing. My six-year-old was yeah. like, oh, I don't really think that yeah, that's very they're modest. they're picking up on that. No, that's but, really good. Um, but not just saying, oh, we'll see if it gets better. Like, we should never tell our kids, like, what, let's see if it gets worse. If it gets worse, then we're going to turn it off. But the moment that a red flag comes up, even if the whole show is innocent, like, trusting your child, like, well, let's do something else. What do you yeah. want to do? A new, another yeah. movie? A game night? You know? Exactly. Um, and so just being aware of that and hypervigilant on 
what they watch and what they read. Yeah. Because um, now with teen novels, you know. Yeah, there's um, all sorts of there's all sorts of stuff there. And yeah, and again, this is not us like on our high horse shaking our fingers at people. Mm-hmm. We're moms. It's and hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah. really difficult. And we we empathize with that. And just empowering you as parents, as spouses, that your family, your marriage is worth fighting for and it's worth safeguarding. Yeah. Um, like be careful little eyes what you see, all of that. It's it's so important to to protect our family. And I think also, and I wanted to make sure that we, we mentioned this um, before closing, like God's mercy is real. God's mercy is real. And please do not be afraid of um, the mercy and the love of the Father. If this is something that you personally are struggling with and you want to protect your children, but you're also struggling with it yourself, um, be not afraid of the mercy of God. Satan wants nothing more than for us to isolate ourselves Mm -hmm. or to feel like we are unworthy um, to return to his love. Know that that is a lie from the depths of hell and God wants nothing more than to gather you um, back to himself. Um, So be not afraid if you are a woman who is struggling with pornography and sexual addiction. You are not alone. You are not alone. And I know that there's a lot of shame around that um, because like, oh, it's just a guy issue. And what's wrong with me if it's if I'm a woman and I'm struggling with this? Know that you're not alone. Know that there is help available. Um, I want to mention specifically um, Rachel Kalaki. Um, she did an interview on Pites with Aquinas with Matt Frad. Um, I think back in July, but that is one of the top um, notes that we'll put in the in the show notes for this episode. She has a ministry called um, Magdala Ministries, and it's for a ministry for women struggling with pornography and sexual addiction. Um, and that episode was beautiful. The things that she said, the things that are helpful and harmful mm-hmm. when addressing this issue with women. Um, but yes, know that you are not alone, and there's so much help and healing um, to be found there. This is not just a guy problem um and god wants total healing for you Mm -hmm. god wants total god wants to restore you so oh just a heavy episode yeah a doozy of an episode (laughs) a doozy of an episode but hopefully we can get some um feedback from our audience we would actually love to know like are there specific things that you would like to um to go into like Mm -hmm. should we do a whole episode like just on um dealing with spousal addiction or yeah. women struggling with addiction or um, just finding more more concrete resources on how to respond um, if your children are um, dealing with this. Um, but yeah, anything else before no, we to just close with Ask us questions and then we can have guests come yes. on if that would be, that would suit, right. you know, addressing more yeah. particulars. But um, we're here for our audience. We love yeah, hearing from them. Absolutely. And absolutely. And thanks we're for tackling for this with me, yeah. Deanna. <laughs> oh no, it's good. It's a good conversation. Yeah. I hope that, I hope that it was helpful. Um, we, like we said, lots of notes in the show notes. Um, but we're going to close actually with, um, Psalm 51. Um, cause I think it's just, um, it's a beautiful prayer. Um, there's a USCCB document called create in me a clean heart, a pastoral response to pornography. And, um, it has this Psalm, um, in it as one of the prayers. Um, but, um, all right. In the name of the father and the son of the Holy spirit. Amen. Have mercy on me O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For you, for I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. 
so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and sustain me in a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise for you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.